All right. Hey, do me a favor, and while you're clapping, give those who are watching us right now a warm round of applause and welcome them, in, them into our experience. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for being a part of our worship gathering today. And uh, man, this is an exciting time and season of our calendar year. As you just witnessed there in that Rethink Life news, next week is without question one of the, uh, I think one of the most impactful series that we do of the whole entire year. And uh, it's one that I really want to encourage you to not just be here for, but invite your friends. I'm telling you, it's going to be incredible. We just, we just finalized all of the scripts and the videotaping that we did this past week uh, with some of your favorite and some that perhaps you maybe, maybe haven't been exposed to, but some of your favorite flicks. I'm telling you, some amazing movies that we're going to be showcasing during our At The Movie series and some powerful life-changing truths that we're going to learn from as we gather together. So make sure you get your friends here. It's going to be an amazing experience. Well, today is an exciting day because it's what I call Vision Weekend. It's just an opportunity for us just to push pause and once again revisit uh, why we do what we do as a church. I think it's important from time to time just to push pause and remind yourself of the why. You know, just the why of who you are, the why of, you know, your relationships, the why of why we all do what we do. And as believers in Christ, you know, one of the greatest joys, one of the greatest motivations that we have, of course, is to live our lives in such a way to where we bring honor and glory to God and fulfill his purposes. And I think that applies not to our own um, personal lives, but even to us as a church. And so today is one of those opportunities to once again just kind of revisit the vision of us here at Rethink Life. And uh, you know, for those of you that have been here for a while, you know a little bit about, about our story. Hopefully by now you know that. Uh, if today maybe is your first day with us, you couldn't have picked a better Sunday to be a part of our church simply because you're going to hear a little bit more about that why and, and, and ultimately, uh, ho- hopefully just kind of peek behind the curtain and understand really more of our hearts and why we exist as a church. 17 years ago when we launched this church, we really began with a very simple mission and vision as far as reaching the city is concerned. And that, that the, really that, that vision or that mission is summarized in a, in a simple statement. And it, and it goes like this. We exist as a church to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, that's it. We exist to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you think about it, That's the why behind everything that we do on an individual basis as well as even on a church level. And, you know, when you think about our desire and our mission as a church, you know, we have the same mission that God had when he came to earth in the form of his son, Jesus. In fact, he said there in Luke 19.10, the son of man, Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. And obviously we live in a city which is a very exciting and thriving, growing city. But with that, there's a lot of people that need to be reached. There are people that you know in your workplace, in our neighborhood, in our schools, and man, just in our community that, that are lost. They matter to God. And because they matter to God, they matter to us. And one of the things that I always like to do is just kind of push pause again and, and also celebrate what God has done and how he's used each of you to make an incredible difference in the lives of other people. For example, this year alone, we have seen 984 people, both of our locations, walk through the doors for the very first time. And I just want to say thank you for inviting your friends. Thank you for caring enough to reach out and say, hey, 
I want you to come and be a part and experience this, this, this place and what God is doing. Another thing, we've had uh, 569 of those individuals and just people in all services and all contexts, 569 have raised their hands saying, I prayed that prayer and invited Christ into my life. And so, again, it's all about leading people into a growing relationship with Christ. We have now, uh, to date, have baptized 85 people who have demonstrated their faith public through water baptism and say, we just, man, we want to affirm those who have taken that all-important next step to demonstrate their faith in Christ. We've had 248 people that have come, gone through what we call growth track, which, which is really a, a series of steps that we encourage people to take um, to continue to grow, but ultimately find their purpose and fulfill that purpose. And then, of course, one of the things I'm excited about as well is the way people have connected in the context of relationships through what we call life groups. And we've had 325 of people that have been involved in uh, different life groups at both locations. And it's been awesome to see that because ultimately we believe that is where life change happens best. And uh, we're going to unpack a little bit more about this here in just a few moments. But with all of that said, and I think you ought to deserve a round of applause, so give yourselves a round of applause for letting God use you to make such a great difference in the lives of people. But, you know, honestly, um, there's still work to be done. There's still people that need to be reached. And uh, we live in such an exciting city. You know, we have uh, now over 2.3 million people here in greater Orlando. That's a lot of people. But, you know, of those 2.3 million people, uh, 95%... Uh, do not claim any church or religious affiliation. And, and that breaks my heart to know that there are still so many people that are hurting, spiritually seeking, people who are disconnected. And I just believe that it's our responsibility, but at the same time, our greatest joy as followers of Christ is to pass on that hope to those who desperately need it. Over 60,000 people every year move in to our great city. And so what an opportunity, what an incredible mission field. And I'm always reminded of that passage of scripture where Jesus was uh, looking, you know, over Jerusalem as he walked into the city, the Bible says in Matthew 9. He said, Jesus, it says, Jesus traveled throughout all the cities and villages and in that area and then teaching in their synagogues and then announcing the good news about the kingdom. And wherever he went, he healed people of every sort of disease and illness. He felt great pity. Most translations say he felt great compassion. He was moved with compassion for the crowds that came because their problems were so great and they didn't know where to go for help. They were all like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is so great, but the workers are so few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send out more workers into his harvest field. So what an incredible opportunity we have to be the hands, to be, to be the feet, to be the voice that God uses to make a difference, to, to help reach those that are far from God and matter to God and who desperately matter to us even as a church so that they too can find life in Jesus Christ. And so that is once again a little bit of the why behind the what and some of the things that we can stand upon related to this calendar year of 2018. But I just want to today break that down in a very practical way. Because when you think about our city, I think there are some things that you can do, I can do, that we all on a personal level can do to even advance God's purposes even greater. 
And I've invited a very dear friend. His name is Pastor Lane Schranz. Lane Schranz happens to be one of the associate pastors of a church known as Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, they have 19 campuses. Um, incredible, incredible ministry that God is using to impact the state of Alabama. And uh, they don't know anything about football. They know a lot about church. Man, that went over like a lead balloon. I'd be safe to say they know a lot about football. But, hey, UCF, they know a lot about football too, amen? Come on, come on. we got to give a little shout-out to our homeboys. Somebody said, man, we got to see UCF and Alabama play. Well, that, that, might, be, that might be a disaster. But anyway, but with all that said, uh, Pastor Lane obviously comes from uh, not just Alabama. He comes from the, the state of Colorado. He's also a, I call him a, a, an adrenaline junkie. He, he is a, uh, he's a race car driver and champion. In 2016, he won the Pikes Peak uh, race, which ha happens to be the, at the highest elevation. It's the, the only race of its kind, and, uh, and he's won that. He's raced it multiple times, but is considered to be a champion of the Pikes Peak uh, race. He's also the one who oversees what is known as the Grow um, network of churches. It's, it's really, it's, it's, it's an opportunity, it's a resource opportunity where Pastor Lane and uh, so many of the other pastors there at Church of the Highlands come alongside churches like us to help encourage us, resource us, equip us, give us the tools that we need to do what we do even better. And so it's really with my great honor and joy today to, uh, to introduce to you my good friend, Pastor Lane Schrand. So come on, Pastor Lane, won't you come join me today? Yeah, y'all give Pastor Lane a Rethink Life welcome. Oh, thank you so much. Hey, let's give Jesus the best welcome of the yeah. day. Come on. Wow, what, what an honor to be back. Yes. I love being here at this church. And Pastor Lane, I didn't mention this, but uh, he's kind of like me. He married way above his head, has a beautiful wife, Rachel, and his two daughters, and uh, such an amazing family. I love the fact that he's an amazing husband and father, but just a great man of God, and obviously you live what you preach, and, and I say that, you know, because of the humility of your heart, I, I know you don't like necessarily being put uh, into that kind of a spotlight, but I truly, you have been inspired, it's such an incredible inspiration to me, you've inspired me, you've inspired so many people, and so we just want to say thank you well, for thank you. being who you are, and how you Thank help you advance much. the kingdom. It's an honor to be here. Absolutely. We want to dive into some stuff today and just kind of really um, get to the heart of some things. I think on a practical level, we just obviously celebrated and, and um, really just took a moment, I think, once again, to kind of remind us all why we do what we do as a church. But again, there's still work to be done. There's still people to be reached. And I think there are really four things that's pretty clear in Scripture when it comes to what we can do to help advance God's purposes. And one of those, in, in the most practical terms, is just to continue to reach out by inviting people. And so with that said, you know, I love the scripture in John 1 where Andrew, you know, found Jesus. And through that personal impact that Jesus had on Andrew's life, the Bible says the first thing he did is he went and found his brother Peter and said, hey, Peter, I found Jesus, I found the Messiah. And I love how it captures that phrase, and he brought him to Jesus. Andrew brought his brother, Peter, to Christ. And so that simply means we can all be bringers. We can all bring somebody. We can all invite people. And so as you've traveled across the globe and have worked with so many churches and obviously even seeing it there at Church of the Highlands, I mean, what have you found to be some of the keys to, you know, just um, the commonality, if you will, of so many of the great, growing, thriving churches that are making a difference 
What are some of the, the commonalities that you see in that? Well, I think, first of all, it's, it's the realization that an invite can literally change someone's life, that it could be that easy. Because sometimes you're hearing these big numbers. I mean, just the amount of salvations here in this church this year is just phenomenal. And, and, and sometimes we can disconnect when we hear big numbers. There's two million people, and how could I really change anyone's life? How could I really make a, a, a splash in that big of a, a pond, if you will, or lake? And, and, and we then will uh, actually fall into the lie of the enemy that we are insignificant, and mm. we really can't make a difference, but we can, and it can be extremely, extremely easy, as easy as just inviting someone to church. Sometimes I think there's the misconception when we, we hear oftentimes to be witnesses, right, that, that we are to be witnesses, and and that witness word has had an actual negative connotation in my upbringing. I was raised in church, and witnessing to me was preaching. Like you had to preach to people. You had to, in some ways, yell at people. I saw it yesterday in downtown Orlando. And when, when you guys were taking me to the, to the hotel, I, I, there was a guy who had a little speaker and a microphone, and he's screaming about Jesus to people. And, and we're like, oh, no, I don't want to be that. I don't want to do that. And we think that's witnessing. And it is not. What, what is witnessing is, is really simple. If you were called to go to the courthouse because you witnessed a crime or you were a witness in a case, your only responsibility is to tell your story, tell what you saw, what you experienced, and, and it's that simple. Being a Christian is as easy as just sharing with people what you've experienced, and oftentimes we feel intimidated that I can't really lead somebody to Christ, or I, I wouldn't know how to pray. I don't know what to say, and, and that's because we, we don't have to know what to say. We don't have to do it all, but we can be a part of the body of Christ, a part of a life-giving church where we can simply be a part of the body, and our part is the, the inviter, if you will, and then Pastor Rodney or whoever's speaking can be a part of that process with you and present the gospel and, and say it, teach it in a way that might be attractive and easy to understand, and then all of a sudden, we're working together, uh, some inviting, some preaching, some opening doors, some uh, taking care of the kids, some cleaning up the building, some playing instruments, all mm, a part good. of the process of your friend, your co-worker, your family member coming to know Jesus. And we can all do that together. Yeah, that's great. I love that. You know, I made this statement in our last service a few moments ago. I remember my dad used to always say, we don't need more preachers, we need more reachers. So good. And there's always somebody so we good. can reach. There's always somebody that we know that maybe it's just one invite away. Mm -hmm. I saw, and we mentioned this earlier, that uh, Lifeway did, a, did a, a survey, a study, and they discovered through their, through their uh, survey that 82% of Americans would be willing to go to church if, if a friend would just invite them. And that's amazing to me, just to know that people are open, they're receptive. Yes. They want to go. But a lot of people, because of whatever myths or stereotypes, you know, um, maybe it keeps them from going to church. But if yeah. somebody relationally just reached out and said, hey, let's go together, you know, that could honestly make all the difference in the world to somebody. And I love the story of, you know, in, in John 4, the woman at the well, you know, when Jesus and, and this woman at the well were having this conversation, and he was talking to her about this living water, and, 
and, and, and all of a sudden she realized who it was that she was actually talking to, and then she dropped her water jar, and she, mm-hmm. she goes into the village, she tells all these people, come and see, come and hear, come meet this man, you know, that's changed my life, and the Bible says the people came out of the villages, you know, they were, came streaming out just to come hear this man who had changed this yeah. woman's life, and so it's the power of invite. What do you think that keeps people from actually doing that? What is it that stands in the way. I think fear, uh, fear of being embarrassed, or uh, what if they say no, you know, th- those type of things, and I think that's the enemy, the devil, just trying to, uh, to stop us from, from just saying something as simple as, hey, come, come to church with me. Have you ever been to a church that showed a movie? And people will be like, what? That's weird. That's interesting. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, our church is doing the same thing. We start at the movies next week, and and we're encouraging our people to invite, and it is an easy invite, actually, because there would be so much curiosity to go along with that. And, and, and I think we, we don't need to be intimidated by that. The worst thing they could say is, no, I, I've got plans. It's not that difficult. And I do know this, uh, that we've also found it, it's even more effective when you invite to invite to a specific service and, and offer to meet them there. Hey, come meet me at the 10 o'clock service. I'll sit with you. And people are going to be more apt to show up than just a general invite. Hey, you ought to come to my church sometime. Hmm. Uh, it's more effective. Hey, will you come this Sunday as we start at the movies? I'll meet you there at 945, and we'll have a great time. And, uh, and it, what I love about this church, about Church of the Highlands, is, is we know how they're going to be treated, that they're going to be welcomed at the door with a smiling face, that they're not going to be pressured uh, or called out in any way or embarrassed in any way. And so both of our churches are so much fun to invite people to uh, because they, we know they're going to have a great experience. That's great. So when you look at the big picture of what we can do, our role in reaching the masses, it really just begins by a simple invite. You know, 2.3 million people, we can reach those people just one invite at a time and, and, and give the results to God. But once those people are reached or they come through our doors, and you may be today a first-time guest with us, and we are honored and honestly just so humbled that you're here with us. And more than anything, we want you to know the heart of God. We want you to know the opportunity to truly know him and to have that relationship with him. But we just don't want anybody to stay the same. We want them to change. We want to see growth in their life, which I think is another key to advancing the purposes. So it's not just inviting people. But once they're invited and people come into that relationship with Christ, then we want, we want to see them grow, mature in their faith. What, what have you found to be um, you know, some of the most effective ways when it comes to people growing in their faith and maturing in the walk with God? Well, I, I, think, I think a lot of us get uh, uh, confused on this topic because we think growth is learning. We equate growth with learning. I need to learn more of the scriptures, which we all do. Anytime we hear God's word, because God's word is God's word. It's not a book to read. It's a voice to hear. Mm. I mean, it, it, it's speaking to us. We always grow with God's word, whether you're reading your own Bible, whether you're hearing it taught here on a Sunday, God's word is going to help us grow. But our, the, the misconception to me is that that's the, the way or the primary way we, we grow, and that's actually not necessarily how it was even when Jesus was here on earth because we read stories in the gospel where Jesus would teach the multitudes and they would leave confused. So he was not that effective at his public communication, and I would submit to you he could have been if he wanted to be, but he, he was actually clarifying to the people that needed to grow the most, 
and he would pull the disciples off to the side, and then he would explain what he taught publicly that the people left confused about, and then he would help them grow because we grow in circles, not rows. Hmm. Like in relationship with people is where true growth really happens in our spiritual walk in our life because we can sit in every Sunday service and hear the amazing preaching of Pastor Rodney and we will only grow a little bit until we are in relationship where we have people that we can trust, uh, that they trust us, where we can take the mask off and we can actually say, I'm struggling with some stuff, or I'm dealing with this, or uh, uh, someone to be close enough, enough to us to call out some of our blind spots. We all have them. We, we have part of our life that we don't even know is there and other people that are close to us can see it, but yet if we don't have relationship, we won't be able to, to be able to really grow. I believe true life change happens through relationship, and that's why we have life groups here at this church so that you have a, an environment where you don't stand up in front of hundreds of people and, and share your junk, but in relationship uh, it, with people that are close to you, you can say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take my guard down, and I'm just going to share uh, what I'm dealing with right now. And that's when we really, really grow. It was because of an invite that I'm, I'm here uh, at, at your church with this ma amazing church. A friend of mine in high school invited me to his youth group, which happened to be uh, the youth pastor is now my senior pastor, Chris Hodges. But it was through small group like that completely changed my life. Mm. Awesome. It, wasn't, it wasn't listening to another message. I know they're great. I'm sorry. I'm not insulting your preaching. <laughs> but it's living life together. Yeah. God never intended for us to be Christians alone on an island, walk in and out of a service once a week, maybe twice a month, whatever it is. But we are to be in relationship uh, so that we can truly grow. What, you know, I think, I think in the heart of everybody, we all want that. I think we all know that there's a need for that. But for some reason, for a lot of folks, they are, they're still reluctant or apprehensive to take that step, to kind of take that relational risk and maybe step into the unknown or whatever. What is your, you know, what is your thoughts on what it is that perhaps keeps people from taking that step and connecting in a group? I mean, there's probably hundreds of reasons, but I think the, one of the primary reasons that we wouldn't take that step is the same reason we don't take the step into our relationship with Jesus, and that is we think we've got to get ourselves fixed first. Hmm. I, I've got to get my life in order. Yeah. I've got to stop doing this. I've got to stop going there. I've got to stop talking like that. And, and once I get all that in order, then I'm going to give my life to God. And we'll say the same thing about getting in a life group. Oh, you know, once I can get this part of my life handled, then I'm going to feel comfortable with people getting to know me. And, and it will never work that way. Yeah. God loves us just the way that we are. He died for us first. Mm. I mean, he knew what he was getting. He, he loves you anyways, and he wants relationship with you. And the same is true uh, in our life groups here at this church, mm. that, that you don't have to have it all together because we don't. Yeah. You don't have to be perfect because we're not. You don't have to be issue-free because we've got issues. <laughs> all of us got issues, right? Even Pastor Rodney has issues. And Michelle said yes. <laughs> and then she said, I've got issues too. If you don't think you have an issue, that's your issue. Yes. It's called pride. You think you're perfect. And the person sitting next to you knows your issue, okay? 
but, but it's okay to just, just step into those relationships just as you are. And you have a church here. If this is your first time, you have stepped into a church that loves people just the way they are, accepts people just the way that they are. And then we get into those relationships. We come to know Jesus, and we start to grow, and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, we've often said that, you know, we receive forgiveness from God, but we receive healing from one another. And we need one another in our lives to encourage, to give hope, to support, and to be there for us. And I think that's so vitally important. It truly is. You know, the Bible, I, love, I love this verse in 2 Peter 3.18 where it says, But grow in spiritual strength and become better acquainted with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I think it's just, it's, it, I think the more we get to know God, the more desire we have to get to know one another. Because we can see God at work in so many other people's lives and seeing what God is doing in other people's lives to where we begin to realize, you know, God is God, and he can do what we can't do. And so it's awesome. So when you look at the grand scale of reaching our city and fulfilling that purpose, it really just begins with us with a simple invite. It's inviting people. It's, it's, it's once we are there and once we connect spiritually, we begin to establish that relationship with God. It's continuing in that relationship with God through growth. But there's a third element, and I, I, I really believe it's through our ability to serve. It's our ability to worship God through serving. I believe one of the ways that we can worship God is through serving one another. I think that is, that's a part of our worship. I've often said here, if you're not, if you're not serving, Pastor Lane, you're swerving. <laughs> because that means we're, we're missing what God has in store you know, for us. And I love what Ephesians 2.10 says. It is God himself who has made us what we are and has given us new lives from Christ Jesus. And long ages ago, he planned that we should spend these lives in helping others. God has a plan. He has a purpose for each of us. So going back to just some of the basic and practical areas of that, tell us why serving is so important to advancing the church, to, to growing his church, and to develop our lives in our own spiritual journey with him. Well, it starts with Jesus. God's word said he didn't come to be served, but to serve. I was, I was raised in church, and I felt like, and, and I, don't, I don't believe this was the intention of the church leadership at all, but I felt like the church was there to serve us as Christians. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to church, and I'm going to be served a meal. I'm, I'm going to go to church and, and receive what the church is going to give to me, and we have completely, if that's our mindset, we have completely missed it, hmm. that we are to be a part of the church that is here, as, as we just read in Scripture, to do good things, to serve others. And I think there is a beautiful shift, and, and here at this church, and at Church of the Highland, and so many churches right now, uh, there is a shift realizing what we're actually here on earth for, and it's not to have a holy huddle and just hide in a, a little holy bubble of church, but no, the church is, is to serve our community mm. and to give our lives yeah. outside of ourselves in whatever way, whatever capacity we can. And that can even happen at an individual basis. It can happen at your life group basis of, of serving others. And, it, and it, it really is the antidote to a lot of our own ailments. Mm. It's the cure for a lot of our own sickness because the devil, uh, I believe, uh, he will attack so many people uh, by isolating them and get them, getting them alone, even in their own Christianity, 
where they're, where they're even consumed with Christianity, reading and praying, but yet there is no outflow that, that we are getting poured into by God, but never pouring out to, toward others. And that can become a toxic pool, if you will, when there is no outflow. And I've seen people uh, who have struggled with deep depression have, have been completely healed and transformed when they just switched and, and, and were able to start serving others, mm-hmm. reaching out to others, and it changed their focus. Therefore, it changed what God could do through them, and then their life was impacted by something as simple as serving, doing something good for someone else. What are, what are some of the... Uh... What are some of the reasons why you think, you know, again, we know that to be true. And, you know, even when it comes to, you know, whether it's inviting a friend or whether it's, you know, taking that step to connect in a, in a, in a small group. But even when it comes to the whole issue of serving, you know, a lot of us say, well, man, that sounds great. I'd love to do that. I wish I could do more. But, you know, we got this or I'm committed to that. I'm involved in that. And all of those things can be great in and of themselves. But I think, you know, for a lot of folks, there still are some obstacles that stand in the way that actually keep people from stepping out and serving or volunteering, whatever word you want to call it, from the standpoint of just giving of their, their time and letting God use them in that way. What are some of the things you think that hold people back? I think one of the biggest obstacles is people don't know where they belong. There's been studies done that show, I believe, over 80% of Christians have no idea why they're on planet Earth. They don't know their purpose. They don't know how God designed them when it comes to actually being a part of the body of Christ. So there is this process of discovery that is needed where you learn uh, where to serve. Because because to some of us, serving looks like a specific thing. Serving looks like, oh, maybe a greeter. Or serving looks like somebody on the worship team. And yet, the way we were designed is as an introvert, not an extrovert. Well, that was God's design. So mm. being a greeter terrifies us. Standing on a stage terrifies us. And yet, if we think that's what serving is, then we disqualify ourselves. And in all reality, we've disqualified ourselves based on how God created us because that's not what he wanted us to do anyway. And that's what I love about the growth track is it just helps you figure out how you are designed, how your personality fits into this thing called the church, the body of Christ. What part of the body are you? Because most of us have no idea. Once you discover that, it's easier to find, oh, there is a place for me to serve people without being in front of people. There, yeah. there are behind-the-scenes areas. There are areas of the church where I can make a difference even without being so public. And, and I love that. And, and that's why it's called a body. There are different parts of the body, and they function differently. And we have to discover what that is so that we can then operate in our place in the body of Christ. That's so good. And by the way, we're having our next growth track starting on uh, the first weekend of September. That, excuse me, not September. December, that first Sunday of, of December. So if you haven't been a part of that, I encourage you to take that all-important step because, again, it's the discovery process that Pastor Lane's talking about where we learn and understand just the uniqueness of the way God has wired us and gifted us and the passions he's placed in our hearts in order to fulfill what God has, has called us to do. Well, we talked about inviting and growing and serving, but there's another area, and that is the area of giving, if you want to call it that. You know, I think a lot of times people will say, well, again, that's all great and good, but you know, what do I have to give or what can we do to make a difference? And I think sometimes God is really looking to us to respond in a way, really out of obedience, but also respond in a way where we're putting our complete trust and faith in him 
to be God in our lives, to meet whatever need we have, but trusting him in all things, including even our, our resources. And I love what Malachi, it's really a kind of a challenging passage of scripture, but Malachi, Malachi 3 verse 10 says it this way, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be food or enough resources in my temple. If you do, I will open up the windows of heaven for you and will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. And then he says something interesting. He says, try it, let me prove it to you. And he's, he's, he's putting that challenge on us personally, Pastor Lane, of saying, look, I could, I could, I could rain down you know, whatever resources from heaven, but there is a, there is a, there's a part that we have to play, and that is to honor God with that in obedience and bring that to him as an act of worship. So talk to us about the importance of resourcing the church and bringing the tithe or giving, if you will, in that way. Yeah, I, lo- I love talking about this because, once again, I was raised in church, and so I had, had uh, a, a, what I would call a misperception of what tithing is, of what giving looked like. Uh, I'm thankful that my mom, like my, for my first allowance, uh, she had these envelopes, so I, if I got a dollar, I would put a, a, a dime in an envelope that was marked Jesus, and I'd put a dime in an envelope marked saving. So I was raised with this principle of tithing. My mom believed in it, uh, but I didn't like it because I, I, thought, I, I thought this was so strange. Why am I giving uh, to Jesus? And then as I, I grew older, I understood that that's how the church operated, and it made a little bit more sense. And then I got to a season where I thought I was really generous because I was tithing. Even as I started my career, started making money, and continued to do something that I had been raised to do, and that was, was give and be generous to the church and give my tithe. And then, and then along the way, uh, I realized uh, something extremely powerful. And I, I share it in, in this context because it made sense to me, and, and that is, uh, uh, of course, your son Luke did a phenomenal job leading us in worship and, and so as a, a teenage boy, I, I'm a car guy, as I do race cars up Pikes Peak. Uh, so I have, a, I have a, a, a pretty nice Camaro convertible. And, and it's a nice enough car that Luke would be like, hey, Lane, could I borrow your car to take my girl on a date? And, I'd be, and I would be happy. I trust Luke, and I'd be happy to give him the keys to my car and let him borrow my car. And, and so he borrows my car for the night and then, and then comes back to my house the next day. And he's like, okay, Lane, um, I, I, just, I just feel super generous today. I feel like the Holy Spirit has spoken to me. I feel like God has called me to be generous. I, I feel uh, like I really, really love you a lot, and I couldn't think of anyone else better to bless today. And so here, I'm giving you a Camaro. And be like, you're not giving me nothing. That's my Camaro that you are returning back to me. So why are you patting yourself on the back thinking that you have done something super generous, super gracious by giving me this Camaro? No, 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 Luke, you've missed it. You have returned back to me what was already mine. And that's exactly what the tithe is. Everything belongs to God. He doesn't need anything. God doesn't need your money. It all belongs to him. What his word says is, is return back to me 10%. See, he could have said return back to me 50%. I'm thankful that he didn't. I don't know how I'd make it, right? But, but I don't feel, I used to feel I was generous because I tithed. I gave 10% of every dollar that I received in income, 
And I thought I was generous until I learned that that's not generosity. That is returning back to God what he's asked for. And here's what I do know. My life has been blessed financially my entire life, from being a teenager to being an adult. Like, it just works. Yes. One of the translations of that scripture says, test me in this. Yeah. Not just try it, but test me. Mm. God promises that he will bless your life. And then giving is when we would go above the returning. Wow. So to me, returning is the tithe, and then giving is above that. And not all people have the gift of giving. Some people have that gift, and they, they, it has nothing to do with the amount of income they have. It has to do with the fact that they give way above uh, 10% back to God, and that is a spiritual gift. I don't know that I have that gift. From time to time, especially in the holiday season, my wife and I, we pray, for, pray through that, and we decide what we are going to give uh, above and beyond our tithe. But some people, that just comes naturally to them as a spiritual gift. And that's how I, I, I look at it and I get so excited because I've seen people in our church for many, many years say, you know what, I can't afford the tithe. Maybe later, I'll get there. And when you realize this principle and how much God will bless you, I would say the opposite is true, and that is you can't afford not to tithe. Mm. Because then he will open up the floodgates. He will take care of you. And it doesn't always look the way we think it would look. But he will bless us in ways that we couldn't imagine. And, uh, and I'm so thankful for a supernatural principle that really, really works. Yeah. And I think the greatest example of, of that, Lane, is, is when God gave his tithe, he gave his first and his best to us, his one and only son, Jesus Christ. Right. And at the end of the day, that's, that's ultimately why we give. We're, we're giving because he first gave. Yes. He modeled that. He demonstrated that. And the beauty of that is, is that he gave his one and only son. He gave all he had sacrificially, but he gave all he had so that we could have life. And so that's the beauty. God wants to give us life. He wants to give us freedom. He wants to give us the joy. But there is a relationship. It's two ways, you know, and it's trusting him in that. And so, you know, that's the beautiful, the beautiful example that God gave to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And so today, when we think about those four things that we've talked about, inviting, it's growing, it's serving, it's giving, it's bringing, it belongs to God, the tithe, that's how we can be stronger. That's how I think we can be more effective. I think that's how we can be healthier to, to multiply our efforts in ways where we can once again advance the kingdom fulfill the purposes of God, and to reach this city and beyond with the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. So, man, thank you for sharing, Lane. Thanks for sharing your heart. And would you um, thank you thank all Pastor for Lane me. for sharing with us today. Very practical, but yet I think it's important to underscore the why behind we exist as a church, the why we do what we do as individuals, as followers of Jesus Christ. And so today I want to invite you, if you would, just to join me in a